0: Welcome into this week's episode of the it's Utah's World Podcast. Tom Hackett alongside Steve Bartle. Bartle's had a busy week, very busy boy. Old Bartle is, but he's back. This podcast sponsored by Nate Waite Subaru, Twelve Hundred Seven South Main Street. If you currently drive a Subaru, uh, an older uh, an older model Subaru, and you're looking at some of the newer models, uh, and you reckon that they look quite fancy, which they are you may be able to get yourself in one of those newer models for the same price as what you're currently paying on your older model. Sometimes don't ask me how there are clients out there that uh, get themselves into a cheaper payment plan, despite getting an upgraded car. So anyway, Nateway Subaru is the location that's 1207 South main street in Salt Lake city. Tell them we sent you. Now they'll look after you bag of popcorn, little apple juice box, whatever you call them. Uh, Steve's at, UteZone.com, I'm at KSL Sports. Check Steve out at SBuddle247 and myself at Tom Can't Hack it. Steve, without further ado, my friend, we've got so much to talk about. What are you doing right now? Please explain to the listeners what you are doing right now.
1: Oh, man, I'm currently on my way to pick up some grub from our guy, Nick Ford, who uh, has uh, he started selling some fried chicken, some mac and cheese. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's... So we're, uh, we're currently waiting on that. We placed our order, and we're waiting on that to pick it up. But um, <laughs> it's been a busy, like, couple of days for me. Like you mentioned, Tom, I was down in L.A. Um, I was there for Pac-12 Media Days. Uh, went to Disneyland for the wife's birthday and literally just flew in a couple minutes ago. So, um, but, man, I'm excited to be doing the podcast with you, Tom. I apologize to the listeners that we're getting this out so late. It's <laughs> obviously my fault. Um, but man, it's good to be back with you, Tom. I appreciate. I- I'm I'm glad that we're uh, we're we're getting to it, man.
0: Hey, that makes the two of us. Never apologize to the listeners. If that, that could is- wait just a little bit longer, it'll make them even that more toey So uh, before we go any further, you just kind of glanced over the fact that you're picking food up from uh, uh, Utah's uh, starting center, Nick Ford. Uh, you ordered uh, uh, what, what? What was the order? I guess. So uh, he's. Uh- He's got a couple of things.
1: He does, you know, he's quite the chef apparently. And so uh, I know he's doing something today and something tomorrow. They weren't the same dish. But tonight he was offering fried chicken with some mac and cheese. And I don't know if you've seen pictures, if you've seen video, if you follow him on, you know, the social media platforms. Uh, but if you do, you've probably seen a little clip of his mac and cheese. Uh, it's it's uh, become quite quite the item. Quite the, the 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 topic here among Ute fans is uh, is uh, Nick Ford's mac and cheese, and so uh, we we had to <laughs> we had to take a dive and and uh, and and check it out. So we'll uh, we'll be picking up our order here in just a little bit.
0: Nice, dude. Well, I, I I'm assuming updates are going to come uh, via Twitter or Instagram or blog oh, yeah. or everywhere. So at battle two four seven, that's the tweet machine. Check that out because I'm intrigued now. I I can't wait. I did see that he put that out there on the uh, Twitterverse. And, uh, I, I had no idea to be fair yeah. what what sort of, uh, how much popularity he would, he would receive, but it sounds like he's got at least a handful of clients, which is, um, which is promising. So hopefully you don't get food poisoning, uh, Steve, that's, um, that's, I guess, uh, the next, the next uh, question I'll have for you next week, but anyway, let's dive right <laughs> into the thick of it. Um, Let's start with Pac-12 Media Days, uh, and we don't need to go into the weeds here, Steve. Because if I'm being perfectly frank, Pac-12 Media Days are, are fine. They're fine. Yeah. L- literally, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. all they are for me. Uh, I know some people really like them, and I'm sure that I'm sure it's really cool in person. I've n- admittedly, never been, but it's like you follow along throughout the course of the day. Especially myself, uh, given my line of work, my job title, and what I have to what I have to do on a daily basis. I spend most of my time on Twitter, just trying to navigate. figure out what everyone's doing but it's like every single year it's the same thing it's like oh we play Utah and it's a well coached team and it's a tough football team and you better be prepared and it's normally the most physical game of the season and I and and look tell me if I'm wrong Steve but that seemed like uh what most of the opponents were, were, were talking about when they were when they were talking about Utah
1: yeah it was definitely that kind of vibe I think it it says a lot right like in in the in the microscope of it all like um you know it is a lot of the same old stuff year in and year out. But if you take you know, a, a larger look at, you know, what Utah has become over the last couple of years, like a lot of, a lot of other programs have start, started to show, you know, a lot of respect towards Utah. Like there's a clip that was uh, circulating around Twitter of uh, Arizona State quarterback Jaden Daniels. Uh, he was doing an interview with the Pac-12 Network Along two other quarterbacks, Keaton Slovis and Dorian Thompson Robinson, and um, you know he, he posed the question to those three and uh, of what the toughest place to play was. And Jaden, Jaden, you know, to uh, to many Ute fans' uh, delight, talked about how how much he hates playing at Utah, and uh, you know we all remember back in twenty nineteen that was his first uh, first season starting and. Um, Utah made his life very difficult in that game. I think, I think he threw for you know just a handful of yards. Um, was sacked a number of times. Uh, just was unable to get going. And and so you know it was fun to kind of get that and that you know that was probably the highlight of the day for uh, for some. But um, you know just overall in terms of the compliments towards Utah, uh, there's a lot of positive, a lot of respect. Uh, for Utah, amongst players, amongst coaches, uh, Utah's earned their reputation as being one of the most um, disciplined and toughest teams to compete against, you know, week in and week out. And that's something that, you know, Kyle Whittingham and Britton Covey, Devin Lloyd, that's something that, you know, they took a lot of pride in as well. And talking about how they, uh, they operate as a program, that that's kind of their, you know, their calling card, their MO that, you know they wanna be known as a tough team that's gonna come, and you know they're gonna give you the the best fight that they possibly can for a full sixty minutes so um you know overall like um it was cool to to interact with the guys a little bit. we got an opportunity to talk with uh with with uh with covey and and devin um got a little one on one time with those guys to talk to them a little bit more about some some various topics
0: and stuff. And so, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty
1: cool from that aspect.
0: Uh, That's awesome. Um, I'm happy, happy, obviously to hear that. My my take from it uh, for whatever this is worth is um, I I mean, I agree what Utah has been able to accomplish over the last handful of years is is nothing um, short of pretty special. Uh, And they're going to be one of the toughest um, well-coached, yeah. Uh, physical football teams in, in 2021. I have no doubt about that. But but my takeaway from the whole thing is, you know, give, given the recent history of, of Utah um, and how close they've come, I I do believe I'm starting to believe now that, that it's one thing to be tough. It's one thing to be physical. It's one thing to know how to run the ball. It's one thing to know uh, how to maintain decent ball security, you know, all of that good stuff. It's It's fair. Uh, but but I think you have got to have some flair now. I think I think Utah has to find a way to to get a little mojo going. You know, a little uh, arrogance is, is not the right word, but but certainly confidence um, outside of just being physical. Uh, I, I think that's the next step, and hopefully this year they take it uh, to to earning themselves a uh, an inaugural Pac-12 championship. Would, would you agree with that, Steve?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, like, obviously we've, we've talked about it a lot in, in terms of, you know, their willingness to, you know, throw the ball around a little bit and, and all of that. Like, yeah, I, I think that's obviously the, uh, kind of the next step for this program, uh, for not necessarily for the program, but for the offense. Right. I, I think they've got to show that they can throw the ball around and And I think even more than that, I think it's a willingness to, you know, maybe run up the score a little bit too. That's know, what I mean. Put,
0: that, that, yeah, that's what I'm talking to, about. It's it's not to, just passing to, the ball, is it?
1: Yeah, it's 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 more than that. It's it's you know putting the the foot you know on you know putting the pedal to the metal and, and letting it go and and you know with one game in particular, I think we all kind of know what game we we hope to uh, to see that um and it's the rivalry game, right? Like I think we kind of want to see Utah put put it on BYU. Um, I think that's something that um, I hope is the goal this year. Uh, And so, you know, I I agree with you, Tom. I think it would make, I think, uh, you know, I hope that we see that from Utah this year where they are a little bit more aggressive, where we see Wyoming wit as he's kind of dubbed when he's a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more, you know, the, uh, the FU kind of mentality. Where he's just willing to put foot on throats and stomp dudes out. I, I hope that we see a little bit more of that this season. Um, you know, and just talking with with people and, and listening to others talk about this program. You know, they've they've got a lot returning. They've got a lot of talent, and you know, I hope that they um, feel the need to to, to 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 show out a little bit to to. Um, to feature these guys, a lot of these guys, because they do have a lot of talent. They do have a lot of options. And so I hope that they, um, I hope that they, they do, like you said, Tom, um, add a little flair, add a little bit of aggressiveness to the, to the game plan and and come out and, you know, make it a goal to, to win games by a couple touchdowns or more um, in, in some matchups, obviously it's going to be tough contests and others, and and you're going to have to fight and scrap your way to a win. But, you know, in others where you're the clear favorite, I hope that they they play like it this season yeah
0: and that's that's I guess I'm not taking anything away from any other previous Utah team because I thought in 2019 they they had a bit of a mojo a bit of a flair a bit of an attitude about them as well I I I really enjoyed watching Tyler Huntley control the offense Zach Moss in the backfield and then the array of of wide receivers they utilized and I thought they were they were quite aggressive throughout the course of that season they had moments but moments are inevitable it's always going to be Always going to be some sort of an issue. Yeah, Uh, but if if you can kind of get back to 2019, I think that would be cool.
1: Yeah, they had the the what the game they won by 45 points against Oregon State. What was it like 52 to seven? They had the 49 to three game against UCLA. Like they'll obviously they you know they they'll run up the 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 they'll run up the scoreboard a little bit when they've got the team to do it. Um, I, I think I think this is. It's, it's a little different this year than it was in 2019 because we knew, you know, who it was going to be and, and kind of what to expect. Um, we don't have necessarily, we don't necessarily have that same kind of um, understanding of who it's going to be. We have a pretty good idea, right, with Charlie Brewer kind of leading the way. Pretty good idea that maybe it's TJ Pledger in the backfield with him. We don't necessarily know. and And it speaks to. Um, You know, the talent that's involved in those situations with Cameron rising at the quarterback spot, um, you know, Jaquin and Jacks, Peter Costelli. Obviously, it's those guys aren't necessarily competing for the starting jobs, but you know that's a good group of talent, good collection of talent. Then the running back, Chris Curry, uh, Makai Bernard, Tavion Thomas. Those are guys that are going to compete. And so we just we don't know what what those guys bring to the table just yet in a Utah uniform. Um, we don't necessarily know what to expect, so you know you just hope that you know we have that aggressive mindset. Regardless, though,
0: yeah, without question, I, I do, I do yeah. believe, I do believe we will throughout four camp, and then obviously early in the season throughout non-conference, we will have a pretty good idea uh, yeah. uh, as to who those players are. And, and you know what, it, it, with with practices being closed, there's a, there's a good chance a lot of media members. Um, don't know who those players are until week three, four, and five in this season. But you know what? All that matters is that Carl Woodingham and the Utah coach, yeah. coaching staff knows who those players are and who, who they can rely on come crunch time. Um, and if they can do that, uh, then, then that'll, be, that'll, be, that'll be obviously beneficial. Uh, I also, I'm yeah. also a big believer that we will learn early, early-ish in the season what this team's all about from an attitude standpoint, I think you can read character of, of a team. Uh, and and generally speaking, it, it, it's a pretty accurate description um, as to what to expect from them as well. And, and if we see a team come out, I think Weber State's obviously a bit of a wash. We're not going to get a, a very good understanding yet. BYU is obviously a big game and,
1: uh, yeah. and the
0: players are going to be fired up for that. It's the way they, they handle themselves throughout that whole experience, all of it from the start to the end, regardless of the score, uh, I think we will learn as media and as fans a lot about this football team and and who they are uh, and what they're all about. And obviously, as the season progresses, that'll only become more and more clear. Um, yeah, Steve, you 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 have a take on this whole this whole conference realignment. I, I have to imagine you've been kind of reading about yeah. it, talking to people um, on a, on a national scene, and trying to just figure out what what's going on. Um, is it fair for me to say that? The chances of this affecting the Pac-12 are probably pretty slim, even though I know, um, I know there's been conversation that, that a few Big 12 teams may, may enter the fold, but it sounds like as of right now that, that it's probably not going to happen anytime soon anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's, with, with conference realignment, it's, it's kind of interesting. There's two, two lines of thinking with it, right? There's the thinking that, well, in order to preserve yourself as a conference... You've got to add teams to the mix. You've got to add, you've got to extend out to, out to, out to Texas and the Midwest, you know, by adding Oklahoma state, by adding, you know, a a Baylor, a Kansas, if you can, Um, you know, and then one other uh, program to get to 16. So there's, there's that kind of thinking. And then there's another line of thinking where uh, it's, it's more about just preserving what you have in the pac 12. Um, and, you know, a lot of discussion uh, was going on, you know, amongst media members, you know, just kind of off the record and, and a lot of that uh, kind of talk. And the, the, the topic was more of a, a Pac-12 staying intact, keeping the 12 members, not necessarily adding programs to the conference like a Baylor, like a, a Texas Tech. So not necessarily expanding, but more so, um, you know, strengthening your alliance with another Power Five conference, and, and specifically the Big Ten. Right, the Pac-12 and Big Ten have had a long-standing relationship um, that goes back years and years and years, thanks to their ties to the Rose Bowl. And so, this is something that the the conferences tried to do earlier. Uh, in in the earlier days of the Pac-12, talking about, you know, 2011, 2012, 2013, around that that time. Uh, but at that time, what it was going to be, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, were going to come to a scheduling agreement where they would play 12 games a year between conferences, preseason games, um, where you would get all 12 of the Pac-12 programs. um, matched up against another big 10 opponent. And you would just do that in a round robin type of format. And the thinking is that, you know, that makes the most sense for the PAC 12 is doing that with the big 10s, forming a, a stronger alliance, which could also lead to other opportunities, other scheduling opportunities, not necessarily in, in, in just football alone, but also in basketball and other sports as well. So, Um, I think that is kind of where I fall in this whole conference realignment um, talk is not necessarily expanding, just because the programs that are left in the Big 12 um, aren't necessarily great fits for the Pac-12 for various reasons. Um, They don't really bring a lot to the TV market. And so it's just, it's, you know, do, do they bring enough to warrant um, you know, entering the, the the TV revenue that the Pac-12 already generates on its own. I don't necessarily think that they do. I, I think uh, smart money says that if if you are able to come to an agreement with the Big Ten, where you're able to uh, come to an agreement on some sort of scheduling alliance um, between the two conferences, even that could boost your TV um, generating Opportunities. Both the Big Ten and the Pac-12, both of their TV contracts are due are, are set to expire in the coming years. I think the Big Ten is set to expire in 2023, um, and the Pac-12 is set to expire in 2024. And so, uh, you know, for me, the thinking is: is if you can get some sort of scheduling agreement uh, between these two conferences, not just football alone, but obviously football is the priority. That that can boost your, your resume, um, your, your opportunities, um, to, to generate more TV money. Um, and I think that that is where I kind of fall in line with all of this conference realignment stuff is sticking to 12 teams in the Pac 12, but you, you tie yourself, you further strength, you know, you strengthen your relationship with the big 10 and you kind of tie yourself to them because they are. You know, if we're talking about super conferences, it's the SEC and it's the Big Ten. If if the Pac twelve kind of hits their wagons to that Big Ten, I think that that's a great way to go for the Pac twelve.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's wise, um, and I, I, I like that. I think I think that makes total sense, and I, I'm with the majority here where I say I, I think it would be cool, certainly to have the likes of TCU and Baylor potentially join the conference. But I don't know if I don't know if there are enough pros there. Uh, for that to be for that to be solidified, but one thing we do know, and that's the the SEC is trying to, in some way, shape, or form, um, um, mon, mon uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Give me a second, I'm, I'm brain farting over here. Monopolize, monopolize. Yes, yeah, thank you, <laughs> Golly, It's Friday. Monopolize. Thank you. I was just putting it into Google, like the word that starts with M that I should know. Anyway, they're starting to monopolize that. That college football space, uh, and they're trying to get as many big teams into the into their conferences they can to, to 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 further add to an already pretty strengthened um, uh, list of teams in there. So uh, here's one thing I do know, Steve. This is one thing I do know. I don't know when it's going to happen, but at some point in our lifetime, I am adamant. I'm almost I'm almost positive that college football will venture more towards a. Uh, an NFL styled cut up of teams uh, and there will be divisions and there will be conferences and there will be a playoffs uh, a structure that, that makes sense based on the wins and losses of said division and or conference. Um, because as it stands right now, college football uh, has no parody. It never has. Uh, and for that to change, I'm under the impression That the vast majority of of professional sports here in the United States, when you look at the NBA, the NHL, uh, the NFL, I think they do it pretty well um, by splitting up the teams into divisions, uh, throwing a conference uh, tag over the top of um, uh, certain divisions. And then based on their win-loss record, which is how, in my opinion, it should be in some years, certain divisions are going to be stronger than other divisions. But like the housing market, it's always going to come down eventually uh, and it'll change. And and I just I think that's the best way college football can utilize itself moving forward. I, I don't know when that happens. I think that's probably a decade or two, maybe even three decades down the road. But. Sooner rather than later, I think that will occur. Do, do, do you see yeah. that that same picture, Steve?
1: Yeah. So i I don't know that I necessarily see the same the same picture. Who was introducing him at Paco Day? Kind of talked about this with with Kyle. Those are two big changes. Sh- you know, realignment is one thing, but when we're talking about Oklahoma and Texas realigning themselves with the SEC, that's a major shakeup, right? Um, and the only real reason for that is money. <laughs> Steve, we're losing you. We're starting to lose
0: you. Yes, you're, 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 you're going off the deep end on us. But that's all right. I you think- got me? Oh, I, we you yeah, oh, we got your back. Yeah, we got you back. I'm sorry. Do not apologize. If you cut out again, uh, we could just put a bow on this. But you were saying the only reason Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC is because of money, and then we lost you.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so obviously uh, pretty big uh pretty big factor there is money, right? And so um Kyle Whittingham made the comments that you know this is this is a, a big time change to college football. And he made the comment that you know college football itself is kind of trending towards becoming a minor league football league. It's it's not necessarily college football anymore, or it won't be down the road. He thinks um, he thinks it's going to, to turn into a, a minor league football type of type of a thing with NIL. With these super conferences, so I think Whittingham kind of. I think you know, and I, it's it's so crazy to think about. And the reason I said that, I I can't necessarily see it the way that you're talking about it because I because I don't want to, right? Like I don't want to see college football turning into that. I want it to be, you know, what what we've always known it to be is these these college programs, you know taking on one another with these, with their tradition and all of that. But it's obviously it's, it's, it's changing. The sport is changing. It's kind of weird. It's kind of strange, but I think even Kyle Whittingham, you know, the fact that Kyle Whittingham even kind of sees the writing on the wall and that it's trending towards, um, towards that. I think it's, you know, it's, it's very indicative of, 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 you know, the fact that the sport is heading that direction.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's going to be a wild one. We, we, we know that for sure. Uh, and I know, or at least I'm assuming Carl Whittingham is is just hoping for everything that he has, uh, that Pac-12 Championship can come sooner rather than later because there's no way in HE Double Hockey Sticks that that man is enjoying giving up some of his authority to his playing group and allowing them to do things without his um his agreement, I guess. Uh, he likes to know exactly what's going on, what his players are doing, what they, you know, how they're doing. a that's how it was when I played, and that's okay. You learn a lot of lessons as a player through all that. that's changed. The players now can jump on KSL News Radio without having to go through the athletic department if if they don't want to. So they can run camps. They can uh, sell food. You know, this is all stuff mm-hmm. that that that. that couldn't be done just a few months ago, so it's all changing, and uh, I like it personally, and I'd love it for, for it to go to the uh, the NFL playoff system uh, and standings. I think that is cool. I, I actually don't think, Steve, uh, that too much of the history and tradition will be lost uh, if it does end up venturing down that path. I, I, I think a lot of it will will maintain the same, but but the the, the one reason I really want parody to, to at least try. and and fix itself is because there's just so much crap that happens behind closed doors under the table in this landscape that I just, it just, it's wrong. It's wrong. And, um, and it happens every day. Um, And just, uh, I think that the the fact, the fact of the matter is that that, that many fans, vast majority of fans uh, have never, and will never hear about some of the stuff that goes on behind closed doors within these athletic departments and college football teams. So, uh, part of the reason it does go on, and 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 and, and all this negativity and, and and kind of sliminess goes on, is because the rules that are in place just aren't realistic. Uh, they're just not, uh, and so they need to be adapted. and uh, And if they can be adapted, I I have good faith this this sport will survive despite some uncertainty from fans around the country. Uh, Steve, do you have your no. food? Do you have your food?
1: No, he just texted us and said it won't be ready till six thirty. So now we gotta wait a little bit. So, um. right Steve's cranky.
0: Um, <laughs> this is when we depart, Steve. We're gonna let you be. Uh, okay. We're gonna we'll let you figure it out because you do not sound happy. <laughs> I wouldn't be happy either. Uh, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bark up Nick Ford either.
1: No, I'm not. Uh, no, this is yeah, not, yeah, I'm yeah. not. You know, I'm I'm not. You know, yelling at Nick. I'm just you know cranky in general
0: yeah okay no no it, it's fair it's fair uh love you nick so, love you brother. yeah 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 you're a good man nick thanks for coming you're a good man steve. nick yes yeah yeah uh at bottle 247 is where you can find steve at tom khan is where i am at kessel sports com. hey do you have a, a Uzone promo thing going on right now or coming up
1: we uh, we did. So we just ran it for Pac Twelve Media Day. We we were running fifty percent off, but it won't be the last time we have that offer running. We'll uh, we'll have that up again pretty pretty soon here.
0: Okay. All right, we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh Netweight Subaru's response. We love and appreciate them. Until next week, Steve. Next week, can you believe it? Full camp starts next week. So next week's episode will be the first podcast in which we are able to talk about live football for the first time since, boy, months on end. So that's exciting. Uh, we'll do our best to try and stay in the loop and figure out what's going on up there on the hill as practices are closed but uh, next week's going to be exciting so uh, enjoy that food Steve to all of our listeners enjoy the weekend we'll be back with another episode next week